0: Hello, this is Jude from Newslaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today's Wednesday, the 3rd of March. India reported nearly 15,000 coronavirus cases in the last 24 hours, taking the country's tally to over 1 crore thirty nine thousand. There were 98 deaths in the same period, taking the toll to over 1,57,000. President Ramnath Kovind was administered the first dose of COVID-19 vaccine at the Army RNR Hospital in New Delhi. A number of top political leaders are set to receive their first shots today. Earlier in the day, Goa CM Pramod Sawant was administered the vaccine at a primary health centre. The COVID vaccine is now available to those over 60 and those between 45 and 59 with comorbidities. India stands ready to work with the United Nations and its agencies to ensure the doses are delivered to people of Syria, facing a dire situation compounded by the pandemic, winterization, and food insecurity. A 50-year-old Dalit, right-to-information activist, Amra Bhai Buricha, was allegedly beaten to death by upper-caste men in a village in Bhavnagar district of Gujarat yesterday, the Indian Express reported. He was attacked with spears, iron pipes and swords despite being under police protection. His family said that he had been given police protection after receiving death threats. The police haven't yet registered an FIR in connection with the murder. Buricha's daughter, Nirmala, said the incident took place in the evening. About 50 members of the upper caste Kshatriya community passed by their house playing loud music. They had returned and attacked the activist who had run inside the home for safety. Boricha died on the spot. But the community members and his family refused to cremate his body, demanding the arrest of the assailants. The police have said that they are investigating the allegations made by the family. Arvind Makwana, a Dalit activist working with an Ahmedabad-based NGO, said that Boricha had been facing problems with some members of the local Kshatriya community for about a month. He also said that Boricha had given a complaint to police, but no action was taken. Mavji Sarvaya, a Dalit leader, told the Times of India that Boricha had been attacked five years ago by people from a community resulting in permanent damage to his legs. He was under pressure to withdraw the FIR and settle the issue. Sarvaya added that his house was set on fire once and his daughter attacked. The Income Tax Department today searched the properties of filmmaker Anurag Kashyap and actor Tapsi Pannu, ANI reported. Unidentified officials told NDTV that the searches were related to alleged tax evasion. IT officials also raided the premises of the production house Phantom Films, which was co-promoted by Kashyap and producer Vikas Bhal, and talent agencies in Mumbai and Pune. More than 20 locations are being searched, according to the news channel. An unidentified official told the Indian Express, and I quote, There have been instances of tax evasion. The movies produced by the production house have been super hit, but the profits and account statements of the company are showing disproportionately low income. Tax raids are also underway at the properties of Reliance Entertainment Chief Executive Officer Shibhashish Sarkar and the top executives of two celebrity management agencies in Mumbai, the Hindustan Times reported. Union Minister Prakash Javadekar commented on the raids saying the investigative agencies only go after those against whom they have credible information. The minister added that the matter later ghosted court. Today, Ahmadmi Party swept Delhi Municipal Corporation by polls, winning four out of the five wards. The Congress won the one remaining seat. The voting was announced after four ward councillors from Ahmadmi Party became MLAs. The BJP councillor who held the Shalimar Bagh North seat had died. The BJP has been in control of all three corporations since 2012 when the municipal corporation of Delhi was divided into North, South and East corporations. Celebrating the win, Chief Minister Arvind Kejriwal said that people have voted for development. He said and I quote, the public has been troubled by the 15-year BJP misrule in the MCD. People are now desperate to form the Ahmad B. Party government in the MCD as well. Unquote. BJP Delhi Chief Adesh Gupta said the defeat was disheartening. He added that there was still time to introspect and improve the party's performance in the 2022 municipal elections. In Assam, during a public rally in Tezpur city, Congress General Secretary Priyanka Gandhi yesterday said that if voted to power in Assam, the party will introduce a law to stop the implementation of the Citizenship Amendment Act. Gandhi's announcement on the law to prevent CAA was part of the five guarantees that the Congress was highlighting in its campaign in Assam. Apart from the law, the leader said that she would guarantee instead of merely promise 5 lakh government jobs, monthly income support worth 2,000 rupees for housewives, raise in daily wage of tea garden workers to 365 rupees, and free electricity up to 200 units per household. She said, and I quote, This election is an election of trust. The people of Assam were betrayed by a party five years ago that promised them 25 lakh jobs, but gave them CAA instead. Unquote. Meanwhile, farmer unions protesting against the new agriculture laws yesterday announced that teams will be sent to election-bound states to request people to vote against the BJP, ANI reported. Balbi Singh Rajewal of the BKU said at a joint press conference and I quote, We will not support any party but appeal to people to vote for the candidates who can defeat BJP. We will tell people about the Modi government's attitude towards farmers, unquote. Meanwhile, months after quitting and then joining the Trinamool Congress again, Jitendra Tiwari, an MLA of the ruling party in West Bengal, joined the BJP yesterday, just a month before the Assembly election. Tiwari told PTN, I quote, I have joined the BJP as I want to work for the development of the state. In Trinamool Congress, it was no longer possible to work for the party. Unquote. In December, Tiwari had quit the Trinamool Congress along with the former West Bengal Minister, Suvendu Adhikari, but returned to the party fold soon after. Many members from the Trinamool Congress have joined the BJP in the past few months, including former West Bengal Minister Rajiv Banerjee, MLA's Prabir Goshal, and Baishali Dalmia, former Howrah Mayor Ratan Chakraborty and so on. Talking about elections in West Bengal, a shift in the Trinamool Congress political strategy has been witnessed. The party's development promises have replaced its criticism of the BJP in 2019. And it's steering clear of the politics of polarization. The party seems to have switched tactics in how it presents itself this election. In 2019, ahead of the Lok Sabha poll, the TMC portrayed itself as the principal critique of the BJP, especially Narendra Modi. As a result, the BJP and Modi took centre stage in speeches by Mamta and other senior TMC leaders. Modi became a key talking point. After facing a blow in the Lok Sabha election with its tally dropping from 34 to 22, the TMC has decided to make Mamta its focus. TMC leaders and Mamta herself have been focusing on what she's done over the past 10 years. And the good work she's planned for the next term. Instead of talking about BJP and Modi all the time, the TMC's campaign this time centers on Mamta Banerjee herself and the good work of her government. To read Snikhdendu Bhattacharya's full opinion piece, head over to newslaundy.com. It is titled More Mamta, Less BJP Trinamo's Campaign Strategy for the Bengal Election. Dear listeners, we are an independent news platform producing podcasts, ground reports, interviews, videos, media critique, and much more. We would not be able to do all this work if not for our subscribers who fund it. So if you aren't a subscriber already, now is the time to join the movement to keep news free and independent. Go to newslaundry.com and hit the subscribe button at the top right hand corner of the website. Lowest subscription starts at 300 rupees a month only. Pay to keep news free. Now, let's move on to the international updates. Globally, COVID-19 has infected more than 114.7 million people and killed over 2.54 million, according to John Hopkins University. Over 64.8 million people have recovered from the infection. President Joe Biden has said that the U.S. expects to have enough coronavirus vaccines for all adults by the end of May, two months earlier than anticipated, as his administration announced that the drug maker Merck would help produce Johnson and Johnson's newly approved shot. The president also asked the states to administer one shot of the vaccines to teachers to ensure quick reopening of schools. The United Kingdom said that India will provide the country with 10 million or 1 crore AstraZeneca COVID-19 vaccine doses, reported Reuters. A UK government spokesperson said that Britain had ordered 100 million doses or 10 crores of AstraZeneca's vaccine, of which 10 million will come from the Serum Institute of India. Alarmingly for press freedom, three women media workers were killed in Afghanistan and six journalists arrested in Myanmar in the past two days. The Afghani media persons were gunned down in the city of Jalalabad yesterday. Quoting police and unnamed government officials, CNN reports that the three women were killed on their way home from work by gunmen who shot them in the head before fleeing. A fourth woman was also injured and is fighting for her life in hospital. The police claim to have arrested the suspected lead attacker. They suspect that he's linked to the Taliban but a Taliban spokesperson denied that the group was involved in the attack. Zalmai Latifi, the head of a local broadcaster, Anycast TV, where the three women worked said they were all recent high school graduates, aged 18 to 20. They worked in the station's dubbing department. Meanwhile, six media workers, including Associated Press journalist Tian Zaw, were arrested in Myanmar while covering the protests against the recent military coup. Citing Zaw's lawyer... Associated Press reported that the six media persons were charged with violating a public order that could lead to up to three years of imprisonment. The law punishes anyone who causes fear among the public, knowingly spreads false news, or agitates directly or indirectly for a criminal offence against a government employee. It was reportedly amended last month to broaden its scope and increase the maximum prison term. Apart from Zaw, media persons from Myanmar Now, Myanmar Photo Agency, 7 Day News, ZQuit, and a freelancer were arrested. The Committee to Protect Journalists said that the Myanmar authorities must stop harassing journalists for merely doing their job. The violent military crackdown on demonstrators protesting the February 1st coup in Myanmar has been escalating. At least 18 people were killed and 30 wounded on Sunday, according to United Nations Human Rights Office. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a good day or a good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow.